After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, Monday afternoon, and we've got breaking news. The 49ers, in a deal that had been rumored for years, connected to the Niners for years, have signed Sam Darnold to a one-year contract, John. Yeah, I mean, uh, he will now enter the offseason right with Trey Lance and getting a lot of reps is the opportunity to battle for the backup quarterback of the 49ers, assuming that everything goes along with uh, Brock's elbow injury that, um, you know, as someone just I saw on uh, the Twitter.com that Steve Wilkes, Christian McCaffrey and Sam Darnold, they got the Panthers band back together. Wow. Well, the other, well, McCaffrey worked out great, and uh, Wilkes, people are pretty excited about. You know, <clears throat> and I'm not being funny here. If you're battling with Trey Lance, up until Brock is healthy, it's actually the starting quarterback for the 49ers, right? Like, if you're the number one quarterback for the Niners in July, that's not including Brock. If you're the backup, you could be the third. You know, so the question here, there's a bunch of questions. One is, if Brock's healthy, these guys are his backups unless Trey Lance can make up ground on uh, Brock Purdy. And if not, is Trey Lance better than Sam Darnold? And is Sam Darnold the second best quarterback on the 49ers or the number three quarterback on the 49ers? Now, if you're Sam, you might say, don't matter. Last year, the Niners got down to their fourth quarterback, kind of. So whatever I am, I will play on this team. Right. You could look at it that simply. You could look at it like, hey, I just, this is a good play. This is a good situation. This coach, the players, all that. But you could argue it doesn't matter. But as we all know, quarterback depth chart really matters. So that's part of the question with Trey Lance now. Not just, it's, it's weird, right? Sam Darnold falls under this category of 
he's a bust given that he was the number three overall pick. And, you know, going into his fourth year, he was traded. <laughs> so he played his fourth and fifth year for the Panthers. And even last year, remember, got beat out by Baker Mayfield. So his career when he was drafted really high, he, obviously he's played. I mean, he, he has 55 career starts. So he has played a lot for a guy whose career now, when you get drafted third overall and going into your sixth season, you're on your third team. Like th- there's different level of bus, but it, it did not go well for him in his career, right? To ultimately lead to signing a one-year deal. Now, that being said, independent of the definition kind of his career, I think he's a fantastic upside younger player that is a backup level quarterback who has a ton of starting experience. The name I've been throwing out constantly has been Darnold. And I think a lot of guys fall under that umbrella. There have been rumors about Baker Mayfield, whoever they sign to me in this role of, you know, going to go in the off season and, and compete with Trey Lance. Now, Trey Lance, when you, when you go to OTA practice is going to probably get the first rep as the starter and this guy goes to the second, but there had to be some level of this guy knows what he's doing. He's a professional, and that's what you're getting for a guy with 55 career NFL starts. Like that's that's a really big deal. And been in the pressure cooker, but he's also young. Like ultimately, my D- Dalton thing, Dalton's you know mid 30s, right? The, the, we know what Dalton is. I think there is. We've seen guys like this. Is there something there? This is a player that I, I think the 49ers have been interested in for years. It just didn't work out. And now they have two guys, one now a defensive coordinator. And, and I would say Christian McCaffrey is a unique player, like would probably be one that Kyle shoots text to and asks some questions about specific things if he thinks he has knowledge. Yeah. That that the person we talked, you know, about Hargrave, the person, this the person matters a lot to the 49ers. And I think Dalton fall under that category. Ultimately, Baker probably doesn't. You know, I mean, a lot of backup quarterbacks typically fall under that category, right? The Chad Henney, the McCown forever, like Colt McCoy. You need to get a high-level guy because this guy could be end up starting games for you or be your third quarterback. And, you know, you need a mentally focused slash mature human being to handle that kind of roller coaster of potential outcomes. Yeah, and you need some humility, right? You need a guy, if your situation is, hey, we are not signing you to be the starting quarterback, then you need a guy that understands his job while coaches always say we want you to compete is not to come in and take Brock Purdy or Trey Lance's job. It is to help Brock Purdy or Trey Lance, right? In the way that Trey Lance helped Brock at the end of the year um, last year, right? That is the job. Part of it is, and and if you get to the point where you have a veteran quarterback, I remember hearing a couple of years ago about a veteran quarterback. He got to choose whether or not they would bring the third QB up on the active roster on game day because the third quarterback actually helped him more in-game than the backup quarterback did. Backup quarterback was a little more selfish. Third-string quarterback actually was a guy that helped him. So, I mean, if you're, in the, if you're the 49ers and you have Brock, brand new starter, Trey, early in his development, you need whoever the other guy is, in this case Sam, to be a good teammate, to help them, to help coach them if that's what's asked of him, Right. Sam's making the same money, whether he's the starter or the third. So you're paying him to help you on game day one way or the other. And I'm with you. I mean, he's 25. He doesn't turn 26 until June. He's not durable historically, which is a problem for the 49ers. Um, you know, Fits right had, in. <laughs> in the worst way. <laughs> um, you know, they have, they have an injury riddled QB room. 27. I'd, I'd have to look around. Yeah. We'd have to go like through every team. 
and obviously there are fluid situations in the NFL, this has to be one of the most unique rooms of all time, right? And, and definitely in the picks. league currently. Two third overall picks, but not just third overall picks. Remember the Jets traded with the Colts, like four second rounders to move from six to three to draft him. Obviously, Trey is well-established. And as Field Yates just tweeted, that both these two guys, third overall picks, are backing up Mr. Irrelevant if he's healthy. So the, the group and all guys would fall under the umbrella is Purdy came into the league having to make the team and then be the third string guy and then turned into the backup to the starter. Lance has been the backup last year, truly as the backup, then was named the starter, then got injured. And once Jimmy got injured, played this role that we found out at the end of the season that was very conducive to helping Purdy. Remember, like standing on the sideline, being with Purdy, signals and helping him coming off the field. So all of them have kind of seen a lot in a Sam's been in the league the longest, but pretty unique careers if you kind of had them all together. You know, Sam has been through 15 years of football in, you know, before the age of 26. When you think of he didn't just get drafted high. He got drafted high by one of the historically most dysfunctional franchises in recent NFL history, the Jets. Then he gets traded, like you said, even though his stock had pump, plummeted, he gets traded for a second, a fourth, and a sixth, I think was the trade, two years ago. So he doesn't and had his fifth-year option picked up that offseason by the Panthers, remember? That's right. So he does, it's not like he shows up with no pressure. Shows up with a ton of pressure. Doesn't go well. Doesn't go well. And now here he is on the 49ers. And again, he's well, think, about, think about this guy. It doesn't go well, but they have his fifth-year option, so he comes back on the team. What do they do that offseason? They trade for Baker Mayfield. There's a quarterback competition, kind of. He's not named the starter. Baker Mayfield beats him out. Then he something happens. He obviously gets injured. But he was traded to a place, named the starter. They underachieve. He comes back. They add Baker Mayfield. He gets relegated to the backup. You know, it's it's been a roller coaster. He's very, very young. Because wasn't one of the things at USC, he came out as a redshirt sophomore. Right. So he entered the league at 20 years old, 21 years old. So you are getting a guy who feels more like he's 28, 29, and who's 25 years old, which, I, he, which I like. And you could – I think it's pretty easy in your mind to go – you know, he, he's Matt Rule. That thing fucking flamed out and the Jets. So, yeah. yeah. He's he when he got traded to Carolina, he was the same age that Brock Purdy is now. 23. What's Purdy? Yeah. When he got traded, when his Jets career. We'll be, we'll be 26 this summer. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be 26. But still, I mean, that's that's prime. That's your prime. He should be in his prime right now. Quarterback prime. Now, the question is like. You know, he has not been an accurate passer. He's not really, as I said, he's never, he's, I don't, I don't know that he's made it through a season healthy. I don't know if you have his full number of games in front. Of, I'm looking at his injury. Never, never start, never started a full season. 17 it's, ankle injury. He got mono, sprained foot in 18, mono in 19, sprained shoulder in 20, some other random shoulder injury that year, concussion. Shoulder crack in 21, 22 preseason injury. He's been hurt every year. He's been the full-time starter, 18, 19, 20, 21. He started 13, 13, 12, and 11. 
And then obviously this year he started six, but he was he wasn't the starting quarterback to begin the season. And he was injured as the backup. So but when he's been the full time starter going into the season, 13, 13, 12, 11. So he I mean, he fits the Niners to a T. Now, part of you know why they have access to this player is because of all these things, right? You got to factor it all in the inaccuracy, the injuries, the struggles. You know, I mean, we're here for a reason. Uh, but this is, you know, it's either an older backup quarterback or kind of a young flyer on a guy, which they, they do have pretty good inside information on. Wilkes yeah. has been there a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and McCaffrey was there the whole time with Sam. Right. Yes. Which character in this locker room means a lot. And honestly, McCaffrey probably knows even better, given that he played with all the guys, knows the type of people that they like. And I would be stunned if Christian McCaffrey, Sam Darnold, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, little Quattro had communication, right? Like them asking Christian what he thought about him. Do you agree? Uh, I 100% agree. Yep. I think you're right about that. Um, I wonder if they – did they do any work on him in the draft in 18? Did they do any work on the quarterbacks that year? Well, that was McGlinchey's year, right? Yeah, that was McGlinchey's year. Feels like they bypassed – well, they had just signed Jimmy. I, where I think they did a lot of their work was two years ago when they traded for Trey. Or the Trey trade. That, you know – Pretty sure this show was kind of pounding the table. Like that would be too. Yeah, we were pro Darnold at the time. <laughs> you know, we were also pro trade trade. I mean, he played at USC, so you watch. It's hard not to watch him because you watch a bunch of USC players. Well, who right? likes USC players more than Adam and and John? And <laughs> USC draft had good defensive year. players that year that came out in the draft. Uchenny Nuosu was a second rounder. Rasheem Green, the Seahawks drafted him in the third round. So you definitely would have watched them. Um, he played with Juju, right? Play with Juju. You know, that was the rap. And I remember, I think maybe you, maybe you've mentioned this, but I, I know some I've heard that people just felt like coming out. It just, you know, it, it, it was that Darnold is kind of a cautionary tale of <clears throat> when a guy plays with the level of receivers he played with at SC. And obviously this is not some new story, but that there was a lot of just kind of backyard ball, throw it up to the best players on the field, make something happen, as opposed to, you know, reading the defense and one, two, three, four, making the kinds of decisions that translate to the NFL. Well, I, I think that's the question on a higher level. But I mean, these both these guys got drafted right around where Sam, I mean, Tua got drafted five and CJ Stroud's bound to go in the top five. And those guys that even had better receivers, it is hard to evaluate sometimes, right? When your receivers are like NFL starters, not one guy, but like three of them, it ain't a fair fight. We have a huge advantage. I also remember, I remember Dan and Jeremiah loved him and kind of did the comparisons of Russell Wilson. Like they remember in college, he was such an instinctive kind of like yeah. playmaker. Yep. And one thing, just texting with a buddy right now who just, the one knock on him has always been, and it goes back to that Belichick Monday night game I'm seeing ghosts, is unless you're an elite athlete, and I don't know if Russell Wilson's an elite athlete, but he was damn good. Your playmaking run around, it, the NFL's not as much about that. It's an element of the game. Like Even Purdy brings that to the table. But the majority of your passes are going to be like, one, two, three, let it rip. <laughs> you know, 
this guy's not open. Go to my second. It is a upstairs game. If you're not Kyler and it's like, well, no one's going to catch me so I can run or Deshaun Watson. I don't think Sam's quite that. You know, he's a 4.8540 guy. And his 10-yard split is, you know, a tenth of a second slower than Purdy's. So for a guy that was viewed as a really good athlete in college, actually relative to the NFL, not as great. So you do have to win within the pocket. And someone texting saying that, like, the one good part is for this scheme, there is a lot of just play action, dump it down, quick screens to Debo and Ayuk, kittle down the seam. Yeah. Why Purdy became really good is because he could do all that. And then it felt like he could do that next level of stuff. But if you can just do kind of the basic stuff, there's enough talent around you where you can just function and and compete to win games for a short period of time. Mm. Now, you can't win the Super Bowl like that, right? But you could. The team is good enough to function for a small period of time if that is a limitation that he can never improve. Uh, Somebody in the chat said, uh, false, go watch the tape. He stood in like a boss. You know, he, uh, Darnold's, Second year, his first year starting, his his true, I guess it was his redshirt freshman year because he redshirted, was the year that he was, it was one of those where it was better that year than the next year. His first year was 67% completion, um, 31 touchdowns, nine picks, 67%, 31 touchdowns, nine picks, only 3,000 yards. He threw for more yards the next year. Juju was gone, but he was 63% that year, 26 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Which, you know, I 63%, 26 touchdowns, 13 picks from a major conference school is not – that doesn't scream top three pick, right? When you play – His, his first year starting was better than his second year. Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying that second year, 63%, 26 touchdowns, 13 picks, That's that doesn't scream top three pick. No. I mean, Juju – I'm just looking at Juju's college numbers. I guess the one – 16 was the year with Darnold. Yeah, 70 catches, 10 touchdowns. Juju in college is just a guy that probably adds a couple percentages to, you know, you can be a little inaccurate because he had a wide catching radius. Yeah. You know, he's got, to me, he was like a crab tree-ish, you know, just not the fastest guy, but physical, could make plays, just kind of put it up around him. I just remember watching him. I loved him in college. But I like Sam in college because he was – might have been the bar had been dropped a little bit with the way we viewed SC, and it felt like he kind of invigorated the program back to, I don't want to say prominence, but definitely relevancy. It wasn't one of the knocks that Clay waited too long to go to him. Yeah, he because start. 15 was the year. They played that, Alabama to start the season, right? No, no, no. That was his redshirt year. The next year was 16. That was the year they played Alabama, and I don't. he did not start that game. I think they started uh, Max Brown. They did. They did. At AT&T, and they got his oust. You know who started for Alabama that day? Jalen Hurts. Six of 11 passing. <laughs> he was under the Jimmy Garoppolo uh, operation. <laughs> what was the final score of that game? Like 50 to 0? 52 to 6. He threw 11 passes in the game as well, the starting Yeah, because then they went to Blake Barnett, who went 5 of 6. And then Cooper Bateman threw a pass. Bo Scarborough. I mean... Oh, Damian Harris was 138 yards. Hertz ran the ball nine times for 32 yards. Some guy named Josh Jacobs got four carries in that game. Heard he's decent. Calvin Ridley had two catches in the game. <laughs> OJ Howard had three catches in the game. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick had six tackles and two PBUs. 
Jonathan I, Allen had uh, two sacks. <laughs> Reuben Foster had a, had a TFL. Marlon yeah. Humphrey had a TFL. And Probably a wasn't the fairest fight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> My God, man, these Alabama teams are just ridiculous. I feel like you know they're still dominant, but you look back on some of them, you're like, God damn, this he his first like ten years, it wasn't fair. Once he got rolling, yeah, it's become more equitable around the the college landscape than those like right around sixteen, seventeen. It feels like started spreading a little. Uh, John, I'll say right now, I think we're looking at the Niners' third string quarterback. One thing people are saying though, could Trey get? Does this mean Trey could get traded? I would say if Brock Purdy was 100% healthy, it would be on the table. I would say with his injury and just complete unknown, it doesn't behoove the 49ers given that his contract was fully guaranteed. So they're not saving any money, right? Like Trey got the $25 million bonus when he was the third <laughs> pick. He's on your squad. Unlike when the Jets traded Sam Darnold, because similar type deal a little bit, is they had just drafted Zach Wilson. There was like a tangible, we're going in on this young guy, even though that's not like that had worked out. I think there are variables working in trays uh, beside like regardless how they feel about him, that it, it doesn't make any sense to not just, you like the guy, he fits in well. Uh, I, I would say clearly it feels like he impressed everyone the way he handled Purdy. That goes a long way for a guy that, you know, is no longer the starting quarterback. I also think from a football standpoint, isn't it very healthy to like bring in a guy that just makes it like real? Like last year, one of the knocks, right. I think looking back, is there was just no competition. They handed a guy a job that just didn't deserve to have his job handed to him. And we had talked about how that was going to change for sure until Purdy even became a human. But I, I would say this just adds competition which is something that I, I think was sorely needed last year that didn't exist. And now you have that. And that's always because Brock to a was not really coaches. given. He didn't know. He Brock. wasn't even the second string quarterback. Yeah. Sudfield couldn't move. Was Josh Rosen around last year? Was that two years ago? It's like, what were we doing? This, uh, I thought Rosen was, was that early last year that we saw some Rosen? Yeah, I think, I think Josh made a cameo. Years kind of blend <laughs> together. So yeah. th there's no reason to trade him. Just let him compete. Like that to me is the healthiest thing. Let the guy compete. It's what he needs. Like everyone's on different paths. Like Nick Bosa, see you training camp, buddy, or mandatory OTAs. You know, we we trust you. You do your thing. Trent Williams, same thing. Ayuk, we know you like training around here. See you practice. The Niners have a unique kind of setup because they have all these star players. Like Debo, probably not expecting to see him till that mandatory week. You know, you might see some videos of him. You know, weight fluctuating. It is what it is. I know when the season starts, he'll be ready to rock and roll. This is a situation of like, this to me is probably the most interesting offseason thing, right? Because the Niners are a unique offseason. It's like, what's McCaffrey like? You know, working on his body fat? Yeah, yeah. And his hamstring? Is his calf okay? <laughs> when we get to yeah. September uh, 10, is McCaffrey's calf good? That's the question. This is by far. Because even like in OTAs, Whoever's rotating at right tackle, what are you even figuring out? Maybe Drake Jackson's weight, his strength, but this is a tangible thing of the Excel spreadsheet of these two completion percentages. Yeah, yeah. And Brock and Brock and Brock's throwing behind the grandstand. <laughs> yeah.
They're not trying to hide him this time, so he could be probably anywhere in the in the region. You don't think so? Wouldn't shock me if he does a little throwing and then he comes over with Kyle, like during the team periods. I, I could see it's probably going to, you know, Jimmy was like, throw, get out of here. <laughs> get your chicken sandwich and leave. Right. Brock's got to come I, over and make sure everyone knows. Still the starter. Yeah, I could see them integrating. Help like, Trey does he little. throw before practice so no one's totally judging him? And then he's with Kyle in the offense during practice. Yeah. Will anybody come out and run routes for him? Yeah. Or will it be that? I'll, uh, I'll be, that one st- I'll be stunned ends? if he's not standing around when yeah. like the team stuff's going with the quarterbacks and greasy. Uh, all right. Big news of Monday. And I do think it was the big news of Monday in the NFL. A couple other big signings too. Jimmy obviously being one when uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers happens, it happens. But the 49ers signed Javon Hargrave. 11 sacks, one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, turned 30 on February 7th, $40 million guaranteed on a four-year, $84 million contract. And the question is, how good is he? The debate has already begun. Is this the best interior line in the NFL? Maybe the Niners or the Commanders. And so John went to the phone. You went to the scouts and the front office people. Well, actually, I, I don't know exactly who. You can tell us who. What are people around the league saying about Javon Hargrave. What's the scouting report? Well, I went right to the source. I went to people that work for the Eagles. One, the, the number one thing that came across from a couple guys were this is a high character, like locked and loaded human being. You know, and sometimes you never know with with defensive linemen because you actually kind of want them a little crazier. I got rave reviews from the guy, high level guy, high level worker. Just constant studs, you know. Now, that is separate from the basically 18 and a half sacks he's had the last two years. Like, he's a fantastic player. Then I got an independent arbitrator on another team who they said they sniffed around, and they once he got to about $20 million a year, you know, for a guy in his third contract, he's 30 years old, it's a lot of money. So I, I think antennas went up around the league that he was going to be playing in that kind of uh, the deep end of the pool when it came to contracts. $20 million a year in a third contract for a defensive tackle? Like this is that the league is boomed, but that, that's a lot of money. So the 49ers, you know, one, character clearly matters to them. Like I, I don't think they're signing a guy to a lot of money. Think about where the last two guys they've signed, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles, right? I mean, back-to-back years, their biggest free agents have came yeah. to elite teams. Yeah. Uh, from a playing standpoint, one thing I heard is when Howie signed this guy three years ago, the three and a half, whatever the math is, you know, he was on the Eagles for three seasons, Yeah, is that in Pittsburgh, he was a really, really good run player, and he's really developed as a, as a great one-on-one pass rusher because the knock on him is he's shorter – a little shorter and stout. Like he, he does not look like Buckner, Armstead, Fletcher Cox. He, he's much more of a compact defensive lineman. But I guess, I mean, I, we've all, if you watch the Eagles, you watch him. He's a great one on one pass rusher and interior pass rush now. I mean, you get $20 million a year. I mean, you get double digit sacks. Now, like the Eagles, the 49ers, in theory, I mean, we know Bosa's great, but should have a really good defensive line. I'm sure they'll be signing guys. Drafting guys, hopefully Drake Jackson comes on. We've seen Armstead before when he has help next to him, he becomes a better player. So the pass rush, they like a lot guy to get right up the field. But uh, in terms of 
play strength, effort, talent. Uh, I, I just got a lot of the total package. And then again, wow. you were so, the, so his only drawback is his age. Would that be fair to say, or is that? I, I think it's an an immediate non like quarterback, maybe some wide receiver type guys. Anytime you get a big, heavy offensive or defensive lineman third contract, it just makes people a little nervous. Now, as you alluded to before we hopped on, he was not a first-round pick, so it was a contract extension, or I mean his, his contract from the Eagles came after his fourth season. So this is he's been in the league seven years, right? <clears throat> you know, the wear and tear on the body. It's not like he's a nine-year player getting the second contract. Yeah, uh, that that happened before to like Richard Sherman when the 49ers got him. Right. He was when you're not a first round pick, you just hit the market or get extended sometimes a little earlier. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, he was be- he was beloved in Philly again, Philly stud legend worth every penny. Why well, I got worth every penny. And this is a team like the 49ers who have one goal next year, win the NFC again. Right. Like that's their mindset they just you get to a point i think one major difference is philadelphia has a quarterback that's going to get a shitload of money right and the 49ers are still lucky there in this period where that they can allocate those funds because they got two quarterbacks that combined to make about eight million dollars now we'll see by the time you listen to this maybe they've signed a backup I, that backup market usually plays out over a couple days, but this is this is also like Tom Brady. I don't know if he would have got forty million dollars, but he would have got twenty or twenty-five, right? You know, this is that they were able to allocate this money non-quarterback. So I, I think I think one thing the 49ers do a really good job of, they either have a connection with you, like in Trent, but if they sign you as a free agent. The character stuff really matters. Mm-hmm. And I would say historically, some guys that have been broken off that have failed have not, like, they don't fit, right, when they whenever they get to a place <clears throat> because they're just talented. They're not a buy-in guy. They get paid. And I would say the last two guys coming from those areas, anytime you sign people from certain organizations, the Steelers, the Ravens, I think what the Eagles have become, Patriot guys, you know, Packer guys, you're, you're getting pretty focused cats. And the 49ers are not fucking around, right? Just like if you go sign with the Eagles, they're not going to be fucking around. If you sign with, you know, the Steelers or the Ravens, like th- this shit's very seriously. This is not like, oh, maybe we break through and compete to make the playoffs. Like you sign with the Lions or something. Like, no, our goal is here to win 12, 13 games and to make fucking a run. Like I saw the Chiefs sign somebody. You sign with the Chiefs, you better be locked and loaded to win, right? They signed, the tackle, the, from the, they signed the tackle from the Jags, Juwan. Yeah. But like that guy signs like his the standard for all these guys that sign with the really good teams is really high because you're coming you in know, there like last year when they signed Ward, it was a double whammy. We give you a lot of money, we think highly of you, but you got to play well, and our expectations as a team are are as high as it gets, and that's not easy. I wonder if the Eagles might have valued the fact that he thrived with the Steelers before. Right, this guy didn't just play for Philly; he played for Pittsburgh, where the standard is the same. Yeah. Right. Or historically higher. But so he's played for the Steelers. He's played for the Eagles. Um, That's a great reflection. His 30 year old age, by the way, he just turned 30. So he played last year at 29. I think February 7th was his birthday. Uh, PFF had him ranked as the third uh, pass rushing defensive tackle. His 11 sacks is top four among defensive tackle sacks. And remember, the Niners 
and I, Kawakami wrote this. Now, Eric Armstead had two postseason sacks, but he was hurt during the regular season. Armstead and Kinlaw last year combined for zero regular season sacks. Is that good? No, it's not. We'll get to the Kinlaw aspect of it. You get Armstead back and you pair this guy with Armstead. And the way I love when the Niners get defensive tackles because you just, for the most part, believe that you're going to get their best out of them. That's why the Kinlaw thing, in some ways, the logic of it made sense because you're like, we're going to give this ball a, a mold of clay to Chris Kacarek. Uh, But the injuries were, were a whole thing. But this guy, and here's the other thing, you just played against him, right? Yeah. Like you had a really detailed scouting report from several people that know the guy well. I bet the Niners had an extremely detailed scouting report on the player as well because they just he just had five, uh, four or five QB hurries in the, I mean, on you know that NFC Championship game, but he played well in that game. It's kind of a similar blueprint, right? The the Eagles and Niners kind of follow similar blueprints defensively. Uh, listen, what I give Kyle a lot of respect on is for being an offensive coach. You know, and I, I think he has some parallels. They, they do it completely differently. Uh, in terms of their scheme and the way I think they kind of think about football in terms of offensively. But I think the way they view team building, I think him and Andy Reid have a lot of similarities. Like what did the Chiefs do today? Offensive tackle. Like th- th- they invest in the big heavies. Lost one, signed one. That that means a lot to them, the big heavies. You know, and I, Philadelphia historically just copied what Andy taught them and they continue to double down. The big heavies. You, you separate yourself in the line of scrimmage. Because when you have a great play caller – you can find guys second, third round and develop them into studs. Kelsey, third rounder. Tyree Kill, fifth rounder. Debo Samuel, second rounder. Kittle, you, know, like, you can do that. And you can get scrap heap level, you know, a Juju Smith off the scrap heap or a seventh round pick, Jawan Jennings. But you can't, like, it's very hard to find Hargraves. Hargrave. Just like it's very hard to find Chris Jones or, or Nick Bosa. And when you do, then you have to build around them and develop guys around them because it's easier, right? Like, ultimately, if I have Justin Jefferson or Devontae Adams, they can just independent. Like, the, the Raiders had a disastrous season, yet Devontae fucking dominated, right? Where with the defensive linemen, like, Bosa obviously is an elite player, but their defensive line as a whole is pretty damn good. Like, Hargrave, the Eagles, 11 sacks. Well, <laughs> beside Bosa and, like, Micah Parsons, they have the third best pass. Like, you need talent around you to excel because – you can't just have Bosa and then Haberman, Middlecoff, and Williamson. You, know, like you need, when the Niners had the best defensive line in football, they had four, you know, guys worth 15 to $20 million. The way D Ford, we could argue, but Buckner, the way Armstead played that year, and obviously Nick was a rookie, you're so much better off when you have a group, right? I think the Eagles and the Niners different on their offensive lines. Like the Eagles just, the Niners have Trent. <laughs> But then they had a couple of the other young guys coming on, a right tackle, which somehow just got $50 million, where the Eagles just top to bottom, left to right. It's like, God, they're just good at every position. It, it helps. And that, that is a point of, differenti- point of differentiation because it's the one area in football that still has parallels to like the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s where you can be really, really physical, right? It's like the area where you can still <laughs> – I, if you talk to like a right guard or a defensive tackle, they wouldn't tell you, yeah, you feel pretty good after the game, right? Not allowed to hit here. <laughs> so I'm all for investing. And uh, this is possible because they have rookie quarterback contracts. And I, I think the Eagles lost him because Jalen's 
you know, you got to pay him. I, I don't think the Eagles, like, if you would have said, hey, you can keep, you can pay Jalen, do this, and keep him. Like, they, they didn't want to lose him. Right. Yeah, I think the Niners were cool with losing McGlinchey. Obviously. I don't think this is one feels, the Eagles don't feel good about this. They just have He's no one choice. of their best players. They have no choice. For every year where there's the, the salary cap isn't real jokes go flying, the salary cap is real, and, and it shows that it's real repeatedly for teams. It's showing for the Rams right now it's real. I saw Mike Silver today tweeted that the Niners, in given $40 million to Hargrave, guaranteed $84 million over four, that they could have done that contract in 2020 for DeForest Buckner, chose not to, lost Buckner, who's two years younger. Uh, and my thought to it, not my response, but my thought was, well, I don't think you can look at Hargrave in the context of DeForest Buckner because today the 49ers don't have a $25 million a year quarterback. In 2020, they had a $25 million a year quarterback and it made the finances are just different. Part of the reason you can sign Javon Hargrave is because your quarterback is either an $8 million quarterback or a $900,000 quarterback. The two of them combined cost less than half of what Jimmy Garoppolo was costing during the DeForest Buckner situation. So it's not, it's, you know, DeForest Bruck, Buckner, this is not hindsight on Buckner. You lost the player you lost. He's gone. But this is not evidence that you could have signed DeForest Buckner. Well, in 2020, guy, the it was a double whammy. The salary cap was $180 million. So just factor in, you had an expensive quarterback, and the salary cap was dramatically smaller than it is it's $226 million, I think I saw the other day, that every team had to get to by today, obviously, uh, officially, uh, or maybe by the 15th, but I think there was a date last week. So the math, it's not in a vacuum. I, you can't make that point because the point, the, the reason they did that is they could trade them, one, at the time, right, they, they added the 13th overall pick, and I celebrated the deal. Because the way big picture they were being built, like, kind of made sense. If one guy was going to be expendable, and, and the price point in which you got a guy, which at the time, pretty sure he'd never made a Pro Bowl. Now, he's gone on to, you know, maintain his level of play, and some would even say improve a little bit. And he's an elite human being. Uh, so it was a tough deal to be made, but this is football. I mean, I, I think the most, you could argue the two most famous coaches of our lifetime, Walsh and Belichick, one of the things they get the most credit for is like, God, they wheel and deal. They're always early. They make these shrewd moves. And it's like why they get held to such esteem, not just people that talk or fans, but like people in the league. Like, God, Bill's just what he's always able to do. Or Bill Walsh, Belichick just copied Walsh. Sometimes you got to do that. Now, the problem yeah, is. That's a great point. The problem is, is they whiffed. They use that pick on a guy that, holy shit, when you see him, you could argue he looks better than the other two guys, and the other two guys are elite-looking defensive linemen, Armstead and Buckner. We Last year, you and I were in a practice. He was standing right between Bosa and Armstead, and he is he's the best-looking because he's thicker. He's terrible because his knee's fucked up. He's just – what happened in the NFC Championship game is beyond an embarrassment. So I am pro-making the move. You can't do the hindsight because the, the math doesn't add up. But they it cost them because the guy they had can't play because his knee's fucked and he's not any good anymore. Because part of football, and this happens sometimes when you get injured, is like you have to either constantly be improving. 
right? Like, what is Nick Bosa? He's constantly getting better. What happens with Ayuk? He constantly improves. George Kittle constantly improves. Christian McCaffrey, like, felt like he got better and better every week. It's hard to get better when you're never playing. And clearly, you probably can't train or work out. So, Kinlaw, the body looks sweet, but he can't improve. So, if you're not improving, yeah. you're just getting worse. And now he's... was a projection a, even pre-injuries, right? It will, say that again? He was a projection even the when he came into the league. So he, yeah, you know, it's not like he's trying to get back to what he once was. So this was uh, obviously in a vacuum, you would take Javon Hargrave over Kinlaw every day of the week, three years ago, you would have taken it. But this, they had to buy this player because to me of Javon Kinlaw, like if Javon Kinlaw was just a high end player, I don't know if they make this move, right? If he was a guy that, like, uh, you extend him, build around with Bosa, hopefully Drake Jackson becomes, that's kind of your core defensive lineman, you you can allocate those resources other places. Maybe you can buy a tackle. Maybe you buy Jawan Jennings, you know, or not Jawan Jennings, but Jawan Taylor. You, you just, you would allocate, but you had to allocate these resources. Obviously, defensive line is very important because of the dud that you had as the 14th overall pick and who is just... If I was a betting man right now, a lot of people say you cut him or whatever. There's no point to cutting him because you're on the hook for his money. You just play it out, but you no longer like back and forth on IR. You probably just, he feels inevitable like IRC, uh, just no longer around, right? If yeah, I was, a, I mean, that's what I would bet on right now. You're not trading him anywhere. Well, he's got no value. I think the NFC Championship game is an all time like, like that's like Jamarcus Russell level play. Now you can say it's because of the injury or whatever, but if you're putting the guy out there in an important game and that's what you're getting. Like that's, there's no coming back from that. That tape guy is, <laughs> it's one thing to go viral on Twitter. Like that, that's actual, like this is the biggest moment and he's getting tossed around. Like what's his value? There are a lot of random guys that would just try. It, it looked like he tapped out. He gave Either up. He couldn't or he didn't. And neither, <laughs> you can't roll back with either one of those things. God, no. he got flung a couple times. He's a 330-pound human being. So you could argue that that miss led to this, which is a positive. But, you know. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but... I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night, I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden, it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. 
ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. I got to tell you about the Eufy Video Lock. I've spent years trying to upgrade my security system at the house. 
with one of those big name companies that I'll be honest sucks. I got the Eufy Video Lock and it's an automatic improvement. That's Eufy, E U F Y, Video Lock. It's easy to install, just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. And now I've got the keyless entry. I always go for walks. I don't want to take keys. I hate stuff in my pockets. I go without the keys. The fingerprint recognition lets me in in less than one second. There's no monthly fees. You have your recordings locally. You never have to pay for storage. I love knowing that doorbell ring was just a delivery. I don't have to jump up and get it. Or if I'm out of town, I can look. I can see the landing in front of the door and tell the neighbor, hey, do you mind swinging by and picking up something? I love the three-in-one video smart lock from Eufy, and you will too. So search Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. Well, I would say I would say this, like not to go glass half full on it, but to your point on Walsh and your point on Belichick, like you do all the things you do if your career is long enough, knowing that. Some of those draft picks are going to hit and some of those free agents are going to hit and some of them are going to whiff. And to me, the, it's just like life. It's just about you're not going to ever do it perfectly. So can you respond plays after critical errors? And this is how you fix problems. And sometimes you need to be a little lucky. In the case of the Niners, they're lucky their quarterbacks are cheap. But you have to be able to pivot all the time. It's always going to be about pivoting. In life, in business, in drafting, it will never be perfect. You will have to overcome errors, mistakes, injuries, overpays, all of that stuff. And so they pivoted to one of the best players in the NFL. Mike McGlinchey signs, maybe it's this that you're grinning about. Mike McGlinchey signs a five-year, $87.5 million contract with $50 million guaranteed, which uh, I'd say is one of the rare stories that shocks you and doesn't surprise you at the same exact time. I think we all expected him to get a lot of money, but you still have to see it to believe it. And um, him and Russell Wilson now, John, this will be the man protecting Russell Wilson. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not shocked at all because it was clear that the numbers were going to be high. It was clear that he was going to get a lot of money. It's why guys want to hit free agency. Because you have multiple people bidding on your services, which drives up the price. So yeah, we're going to make fun of it because it seems insane. And under no circumstances could the 49ers have done this, should have done this, and they did the right thing by never extending him. I I even pushed back against the fifth-year option, but he did start the last two years on a team that you know (laughs) plays away. I guess this year they weren't plays away, but I mean, back-to-back NFC Championship games. So he he has value as a player. And this, I would say this, they, Sean Payton is okaying this deal, right? This isn't right. like, you know, General Patton, he just wants, no, this is, Sean Payton wants Mike McGlinchey as a starting right tackle. And part of it is like, good players don't usually hit free agency at, at major positions. 
Now, and they don't have picks, right? That's the other thing. You had to overpay when you've traded these picks away for Russell Wilson. I, I'm just, I couldn't get behind it. And, and I think sometimes when you're closer to the sun, it's a little brighter on us that watch every snap that obviously these guys evaluated it, but their perspective and they'll give a press conference and I'm sure, in, you know, obviously it won't happen today because it's not even official, but like by the end of the week, I bet Sean Payton talks about durability, toughness. He just gives us something we don't have to worry about. Like there is value in things that he brings to the table. And then you just naturally pay like, you know, there's a reason shitty homes in Malibu that look at the water cost more than like Stockton. You know, <laughs> there's a reason in Paradise Valley down the street from me, a fucking home that JJ Watts sitting in costs more than living in Phoenix and the tackles cost more than linebackers or safeties or tight ends. Like it's just, so the nature of his position, he does bring positive things that coaches value that you, me and people listening to this right now and 49er fans are just going to see an average athlete who gets smoked by speed. Yeah. Playing with a quarterback who doesn't get rid of the football right now. Like Sean Payton is coming from one of the fastest release times in NFL history, probably and drew Brees, right? One of the fastest guys from snap to decision to throw to a guy in Russell that feels like he's not seeing it at all, you know? So is he planning to run the ball a ton and take the ball out of Russ's hands a little bit? Maybe, right? That would, like, I do wonder, does it give us any insight as to how he's playing to play? Or did he just think this is the best right tackle I can afford? And so we are going to be better at this position, even if it costs me a lot of money. Maybe it's that simple. I just have to be a little better at that position and it's going to cost me money. But, you know, now the Niners need a right tackle. Because to your point. Well, we knew that, right? We did know that. But he played a lot of football for them. Now, was it a failed pick? This is a guy who started a bunch of games for a team that won a bunch of games. Colton Miller got drafted several picks later. I'd forgotten because of the coin flip that Colton Miller didn't get drafted right after Mike McGlinchey because the Raiders, from what I heard from a Raiders coach that you and I both know, the Raiders liked McGlinchey. The Raiders would have taken McGlinchey. The Niners took him. So then they trade back with Arizona. That's where Josh Rosen goes. And then they get Colton Miller several picks later. And Colton Miller has turned into one of the best right tackles in the NFL. The, so, the, the coin flips an all-time Gruden, John Lynch moment. <laughs> Gruden storms off. <laughs> he was just Shanahan, coming when they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Classic Shanahan, not there. <laughs> no show. Yeah. Uh, it was a classic. Wasn't Rod Woodson the one doing the coin flip? Uh, I think like so. I think so. I think guy? so. That was yeah. the other part of it. it was Rod was there. So. Now, one thing you would say, remember, it's easy to forget this. The Niners, McGlinchey was better right away than Colton Miller was, right? Well, wasn't the knock on Colton? And listen, I crushed him early on. Was he was like a, a lighter, more of a project who has developed into a very, very solid left tackle. Now at left tackle, yes. Thank you. Now at left tackle. But he he was, had to put on some weight. He's a much better athlete. You know, and, and I think the knock on average to below average tackles, you are going to be at a disadvantage because so many teams just it's not even the high end teams have like a Bosa Parsons, a, you know, a Redick. You get like, you play the Jags. I mean, they got dudes they've drafted over the years, right? Like Josh Allen, you, you play fuck the giants. They got cave on. I mean, every team now has pretty formidable edge rushers that are all fast. So I think you see that with McGlinchey is he's just, 
an average athlete, and that's hard. And when you factor in, I, I think there's a point like it's it's very very difficult when you're not an elite athlete at six foot nine to get low enough with these guys that you know so many guys can like when Bosa or Vaughn Miller or Michael Parsons when they're turning the edge, think how low they are, and McGlinchey is. He's like a power forward. So it's very difficult. Like what makes Trent so special is yeah, he's big, six six or whatever, but he's also, even at his age, an elite fluid athlete that can bend and move. And you see that with Lane Johnson. You just see that with the really good tackles, is you gotta be able to do that. And that's where context in this argument matters, right? Like McGlinchey and Kinlaw are not the same, but neither guy is getting a second contract with the 49ers. So anytime that you draft a guy, you could argue in the first round, but I would say the top 15 picks. McGlinchey was nine. Kinlaw was 14. When you pull the trigger on that pick, you are hoping he is a multiple contract in the NFL. Like, you know, eight years in the NFL is probably like 14 in the NBA. Like he's going to be a stalwart on your team for, you know, the prime of his career, right? And that's where you have to say it's a whiff. Because when they draft McGlinchey nine, they have to be, this guy's going to be good enough to be one of our core guys. That's why this is not, it's one thing to let Hargrave, Steelers, draft a guy, you know, not in the first round, depend on how your cap works. You don't have the money. I I bet they would have like, look back, God, we probably would have liked to keep him looking back. Maybe they underestimated how good he could become, which happens. That would be the difference. Like ultimately, I think what people would on the Philly would tell you is we love the guy and he was even better than we expected. I have a hard time seeing McGlinchey like is a ceiling like did he peak a couple years ago and this is just who he is. How does he ever be like, you know, McGlinchey made that Pro Bowl, not like a fake Pro Bowl, but like was one of the better right tackles in the league. I have a hard time seeing that. Though he's paid like one. But I think what you said to start the point is 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 the right point. Like Kinlaw and McGlinchey are not equal. Even though you would probably do them both over. You would do the McGlinchey one over and take Colton Miller. You would, if you did the Kinlaw one over, I don't know who you would draft. There wasn't another defensive tackle in the realm of that range, right? In terms of being another first round guy, there wasn't anybody really close. I'd have to go back and look. I don't know if there was another elite defensive tackle in the whole draft. Honestly, what you probably do is I don't think there was. You just take IU there and you take another position a little later. Or, I mean, Justin Jefferson, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if we're redoing I, the If whole you could thing. do it over again, you take Justin Jefferson. But if we were redoing the draft, Justin Jefferson would never be there. Yeah. Uh, only you get to redo the draft. So you're like, it's like back to the future. Only you know. Again, he's like, a solid player. You might take an offensive lineman with that pick. But yeah, I I think one thing that hurts his value is he's when he's missed game, it doesn't feel like they skip a beat. Now they've won games when Trent's been out. They've won games when Joe Staley's been out. Doesn't mean they can't win, but obviously, like you can't sustain without Trent. I I think he, it's very easy to. It's McGlinchey's much more of a replaceable player. Like the Forty well, Nineers have they, some irreplaceable players, right? Like what Kittle brings to the table, what Bosa brings to the table, what Trent brings to the table, what Fred brings to the table. McGlinchey just doesn't fall under that. It's why that they probably figured out maybe, you know, when they picked up the fifth-year option, more 
off more likely than not, he was never going to be the long-term solution. Yeah. But they also understood the market that it was going to be hard for them to upgrade at that position. Well, what they would tell you probably is right. They paid him 10, eight this year on his fifth year option. Look at what his actual, his worst is worth, you know, like that's what he just got. So we go, listen, it was a short-term fix. In fairness, he knew it. He was always very open about it. Uh, but we got a bargain. Yeah. You, I was where I was wrong is I said, I would never have picked up the fifth year option. It worked out pretty well. But if they had, a, if they had a limitless amount of cap space, they wouldn't have resigned them for $50 million guaranteed. No chance. They were ready to move on. Well, cause, cause based on being this close to the sun being, he's not worth that. Right, he's worth more to someone else than he is to you, right? Even though clearly they, John and Kyle like this guy a lot. I remember John talked about him either at the end of the year press conference or maybe at the combine, and and I think and maybe it was with like Papa. He they always got a little offended because everyone shits on him that he's better than just the one clip a week that goes viral, and that is there's some fairness there. It's just hard to like, that's his low point. You know, it can get someone killed because that, that position is just on a weekly basis. I mean, next year they play the NFC East again, right? So they're getting Redick. They're getting Micah Parsons. You know, let's just, you know, we'll see. You know, Joe Staley thinks he's a flash player and he's right. <laughs> but maybe Kayvon's a little better, right? The The, the commanders have... They just paid a defensive tackle a ton of money, and they got Chase Young coming back, so they got fucking firepower. Deron Payne just became the highest-paid tackle other than Aaron Donald in NFL history. Would he get guaranteed 60? Yeah, 60. Younger, a lot younger than Hargrave. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was the 13th pick in the 2018 draft. He was drafted after McGlinchey. If you could do it over, you take... Payne there, and then you take Worfs instead of Kinlaw? No, McGlinchey, was McGlinchey the 18 draft? Was he not? I don't have it in front of me if you're looking at it. Oh, no, no, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, if you do it over again, you take Jerron Payne right there. <laughs> you know, but it doesn't work like that. And the whole thing no. is, I, I just think it's all about pivoting off of, making the most of what you have and then pivoting off of any mistakes. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo signs with the Raiders. Six years, sixty-seven and a half million. Six years. Million. Sorry, did I say six? Three years, sixty-seven and a half million for Garoppolo. <laughs> Maybe we'll be going to Aces guaranteed. <laughs> um, here's the deal. Here's the retrospective: Jimmy Garoppolo on the Niners acquired for a second rounder in 2017, paid 122 million dollars over five and a half years. Which is about twenty-two million per. He goes to a Super Bowl, and his team goes to two other NFC title games. And before you say, "Well, Jimmy didn't take him to the title game in 2022," Jimmy won more games than any other 49ers quarterback did in 2022. He was seven and three as a starter. Although you could argue Brock won the Dolphins game that six, and Brock won in the playoffs, but two playoff games, so that's eight. So Brock won more games. But the point is, as good as we all think. As, as good as Brock was, not think he was, um, Jimmy did win seven games for him. So I give Jimmy, on his resume, he gets two NFC title games plus a Super Bowl. 
I'd say for 22 million bucks and a second round pick. You know what? You got your value out of Jimmy Garoppolo. I think his value is a little <clears throat> skewed in the sense they got him back this year for six and a half, so it drives down that overall That's true. average. That's true. But they needed him. Yeah, it's got to be one of the more bizarre careers we're, we're ever going to see. It, it just it rarely happens this way. It, it just does, right? Because Kirk Cousins and Dak would sell their left nut to have like four playoff victories, multiple NFC championship. Can you imagine if Dak starting quarterback for the Cowboys and they had just got multiple times in the NFC championship game, the way we'd view them. I mean, the Cowboys haven't been there and it's going on like almost three decades. So now Jimmy, he's clearly not as good as they had hoped. And he's definitely was never as good beside a couple individual games as I would say, what we anticipated that five-game stretch that led to the contract. Now, at the time, and even over the years, I'll, I'll stumble on a podcast or people arguing, like, did the Niners have to give him all that money? I think at the time, which, what was it, $70 million guaranteed, and like most quarterbacks, the guarantee, this, they're not a defensive lineman. They're not a wide receiver. If they are just serviceable, they play out the contract, you know? Most people at Jimmy Garoppolo's contract, like the guaranteed money and then the extra whatever percent, another 40% of the fake money, most players with his talent never play out the entire contract, right? Never even close. He yeah. played out the whole fucking thing. And then he even got broken off at plus. the end with a little plus. So it wasn't a failure by any means, but he was never as good as people had hoped. Like he was, he was never a top 10 quarterback. And he was always closer to 15, I think, than 10. And I think when they signed him, they never thought they were getting a top five guy. But I had envisioned him in those five games, I don't know, to be able to crack like the 8 to 12 kind of range consistently. Mm. And he just wasn't that guy. Mm -mm. And one thing that kind of aged poorly once Purdy got in there is, God, he had some pretty fucking fantastic we We know how good the weapons are, but the offense looked way more explosive with a guy who was just a better player than him. You know, the way Purdy played was just better than the way Jimmy played these last couple of years. I would say Jimmy's yeah. 19 season, he had a stretch of football that was really good. But it really well, was a little more short-lived than you realize. Yeah, I you know, part of it we'll see. He it felt like he was a more uh wide open player when he first arrived to the 49ers than what he became. Did Kyle Shanahan beat him down by the end in terms of uh don't make any mistakes, just do what I tell you to do. We'll run the football and play defense. You know, I wonder if some parts of him got coached out of him. I don't know. It'll be interesting with Devontae. Devontae's a very good intermediate receiver, but he's also he, a good mean, downfield receiver, and Jimmy doesn't do that. Jimmy comes from the Patriots, though. It's a pretty buttoned up, like, That's you know, true. check down, play within yourself, no turnovers. Yeah, you're right. But maybe you're right. Like, his actual skill set in theory, young version was probably a little more playmaking than that style. Now, he's not maybe, the most because he's not the most accurate player. Right? Well, and you're right. He's not fundamentally. Maybe it did change. Maybe Kyle did stop letting him throw the ball downfield. Like ripped really, his, ripped, it down. ripped his knee, ripped his knee, hurt his shoulder. Right, needed a shoulder surgery, uh, but was not a very accurate downfield thrower. I mean, that was the one thing that was eye opening. Was it felt like the 49ers were more aggressive as a passing team when Brock Purdy took over. So one thing I was thinking though, cause like you would say Derek's not really either. And Derek has a better arm than Jimmy. 
there aren't really that many great down the field throwers because down the field throwing is really hard. Yeah. Like that is a huge plus when you get an explosive down the field passer. <laughs> it's why like Mahomes, Josh Allen, Herbert, like they run circles around everybody. Joe Burrow feels pretty accurate on his touch passes down the field. Rodgers historically is viewed as one of the great quarterbacks ever. Why? Because he's very accurate on down the field throws. Because that is, if I can get 40 yards in one play, if I can do that on average a couple times a game, and when I'm really on several times a game, more often than not, you're going to have no shot against me. Right? And it's what makes great quarterbacks. So is Jimmy really that different from everyone else? And that's always the pushback. Yeah, he's just kind of a guy. And now he's in a position, you know, in a franchise that just historically pretty dysfunctional. It's not like they gave him nothing. I mean, he's got a, how does he stay on the field? He gets hurt all the time. I, I have a hard time closing my eyes and going, yeah, the Raiders win 10, 11 games. Jimmy Garoppolo has a really good season. Don't you? Yeah, I think uh, it would be totally unlike the Raiders that we've seen in 20 years. <laughs> Remember, Josh McDaniels just got the lowest, uh, just got a poor NFL PA players grade. Now, we don't read too much into that, but, you know, I think the, like, Jimmy's going to walk into high expectations again, which I don't think matters to him. But, like, that whole franchise is under the bright lights. Now, Jimmy's the one guy of everyone involved who's delivered in the bright lights recently. Uh, well, that's not fair. I mean, Josh as an offensive coordinator delivered. Devontae obviously was great. But I mean, there's Josh a lot of is, Josh has never delivered as a head coach. I I, never. I when I saw this and it clearly felt inevitable, uh, because it makes more sense for Jimmy to go to Josh, a guy that he knows the offense specifically, than, you know, even with D'Amico and those guys, because 99% they're going to take a quarterback at number two. Maybe the Raiders don't take a quarterback in the first round, take them in the second round or whatever. He buys you a little time. And it feels like if this is a disaster, Josh McDaniels is like a two-and-done coach. Like, making this signing, to me, the way the Derek thing ended, feels like there's some pressure on this operation, man. Especially the division's good. It's just It's going to be difficult for Jimmy. Well, imagine you're Mark Davis. You signed Josh McDaniels. I'm sure Josh told you, uh, I can win with Derek Carr when he signed. Well, he didn't. So now you sign his guy, right? I can win with I can win with this quarterback. Easy decision for Mark Davis. Doesn't cost him much. But I'm sure he had the conversation like, guys, what, what about a draft pick? It might be best for our franchise if we move up in the draft, draft one of these guys. And maybe Mark didn't want to do it because he wanted to win now. Maybe those guys, maybe Ziegler told him these guys aren't worth doing it for. But you're right. I mean, these are... Draft hasn't happened yet. They they still, I guess, could, right? You're right. They still could. You're right. Happened to Jimmy before. Could happen to him again. Because the one thing you would say, he's proven to be really good around the guy, right? So you feel comfortable with that. But you have to like one of these guys, and they are... There are going to be multiple quarterbacks off the board 100% before they pick. We know that for a fact. So they're getting the third, fourth guy, which right. in theory could be their second guy on the board. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean just because a guy's drafted ahead of you that you didn't like him. And they could even justify it. It's like, we didn't have to give him that much money. So if we find a guy we like, we can always pivot to him. But it's, you know, it, things happen fast. 
and now there's pressure. Like Jimmy's going to be their starting quarterback 100% week one. And the pressure on them is like they're not, they can't have another season like they had. I, I, I think at minimum, they got to be above 500 for it not to be a disaster. Any Anything below nine and eight, I think things start could start getting weird and ugly. You agree with that? Because at least nine and eight, unless the way the, could be hard in the AFC, probably though. But yeah, it'd keep you alive. Now there's a different nine and eight, right? Are you like pretty solid all season long, or are you like, you know, six and eight and win three of your last games? You were never making the playoffs, you know, but you won a couple games late, and the the it looks a little different than it should, you know. Well, what happens if you're nine and eight and Garoppolo gets hurt, and misses half the season? You don't really have another quarterback because you didn't prepare for that. I think that'd be a pretty negative reflection. Well, they right? just lost their backup quarterback, who actually looks like he's shown some promise, right? Today, where do you go? Miami, Denver, Denver signed him. Yeah, Miami got Mike White. Um, just a, God, just Mike White just goes. He just goes around poaching people's, taking over locker rooms, winning locker rooms, and trying to take people's jobs. Uh, but I don't think there's any excuse if you sign Jimmy Garoppolo, he gets hurt. It's going well. Let's say it's whatever. You're six and three. It's going well. Jimmy gets hurt. If I were Mark Davis, I wouldn't accept. Well, we were rolling and then he got hurt. And if you don't have another plan, that's on you. You know? Yeah. I don't think you could accept that if you were Mark. So I, well, yeah, you, I think was- we've seen that, you know, I mean, now Jimmy has a resume of getting injured a lot. And I, I do believe over the next month there is going to be a lot of talk about are the Raiders going to draft a quarterback and, and with their top ten pick? Like that, that's not going to go away just because they signed Jimmy Garoppolo, unless over the next week they sign like a Mike White Stidham type as well, right? They so they basically pay for their one-two quarterback. Then you would be like a little unlikely, right? If they if they buy like a two or three million dollar backup. You know, a Dalton, whoever. I just I like throwing right. that name out, but like, right. so you just go. This is going to be our quarterback this year. We're going to draft, use our high picks to improve the talent around our roster, and then maybe next year we think about that at a later date, or maybe take a quarterback late in the draft. But which is what Bill always did, right? Take a fourth or a fifth round quarterback, or even yeah, third round or whatever. Maybe maybe they're like, you know, there's no difference between the fourth best quarterback in this draft in terms of who's going off the draft board and Tanner McKee in the second round. Well, exactly, like. And Josh would be like, we got Jimmy originally in the second round, right? Like we, we've done that before. And you and I were talking, you know, the, the Trey Lance trade because the bears, it's hard. I mean, there's so much bullshit out there. The story's flying left and right. You know, they have not decided they they just wanted to do what the Niners did. So people don't nitpick when they're meeting with guys, they wanted to control their destiny. And I, I mean, I, I think there is probably some truth to that because relatively newer coach, right? So it's not like he's been there. Uh, the GM and the coach haven't worked together that long. The the owner clearly is getting his hands involved in stuff. That that's pretty risky because history would show. And someone DM me this a while back. They're like, you know, when you look at over the last like decade, teams that get super aggressive and trade up whether it's draft night before the draft, like RG3 or Wentz or the Niners, it hasn't worked out that well. When teams have just sat, you know, over the last decade, whether it's, you know, Justin Herbert, you know, the Patriots did it with Mac Jones. They didn't have to give up anything like these other teams. Yeah. It it, it puts an insane amount of pressure on the player 
Because right now, Trey Lance, for example, is if the Niners could get a redo on that, they would take a redo. And then there's everyone always comes, well, we don't even know. No, it's going into year three. He's never started back-to-back games. And he is not the starting quarterback of the 49ers. And they gave up two first-round picks on top of flip-flopping. So, yes, they would like a redo on that. And I think there's an added element. If they had just stayed at 12 and taken Trey Lance, I think we would view him and he would be discussed dramatically different, even though there would be a lot of pressure in the way he's discussed because it's fucking crazy how much they gave up to get him. And then when you factor in two years later, it's like, well, this pick led to like Sean Payton, Tyreek Hill, and Bradley Chubb. You're like, that's insane. So it just, there's an element of when you can just sign Jimmy Garoppolo, you know it's easier to just kind of take a deep breath. The problem with Jimmy is he just gets injured a lot. And that's one thing I, I was watching Carr's press conference is one of the Saints report. Like he just beside and Derek made a joke, like he's missed three games in his career because of injury. Uh, you know, that one, I think a finger or no, it was a, was a hamstring or growing, you know, remember Mariota started the one game and then yeah, yeah. maybe just the two games with, with the ankle, like Derek plays and the playoff game and the playoff game. But remember that. So that was the last game of the season, the playoff game. And then the one injury with Mariota, like, car plays and then you don't really count the last two games he made a joke he's like you gotta add the other two but it was kind of funny but the point is like there is value in that like if you're the saints doesn't mean he can't get injured weird shit happens like russell never got hurt until he's kind of been hurt the last couple years like you, you never know but like with jimmy you know like you said there can be no excuse if because more than likely, it's going to be a weird injury. It's like, oh, Jimmy might miss a month. You'd be like, with well, what? Yeah, the subflex of his butt muscle to his back. He can't bend over. You'd be like, what? <laughs> but you can't. Like, Tom Brady just never misses games. Just ever. And I, I, I would be very, very hesitant paying in free agency. Like, you'd feel pretty good about McGlinchey. Like, he's just going to play. You know, so yeah, I overpaid a little bit, but he just plays in games. Jimmy. Javon Hargrave. What would you put Jimmy's over under over under 2023 games? Could you put it over 10? Seven and a half, (laughs) nine and a half. It's a lot for $35 million. Yeah. But it's not, but to me, like you draft a quarterback seventh, it changes the way I look at your Garoppolo's, right? It changes the way I look at the Garoppolo thing. Cause then I go, oh, that's pretty inexpensive for a leader half the season. Maybe your starter is your rookie anyway by then. The one difference between what the Panthers just did and what the Niners did was the Panthers did it for the number one pick. The Niners did it to draft the third best quarterback in the draft, in theory. Like, they did it for the third shot of the QB. If you had said the Niners did it blindly in that draft, it wouldn't have been blind because it was Trevor Lawrence. So there was a clear-cut number What the Niners did was crazier than what the Panthers did in terms of – the mindset for the quarterback. Now you could argue the Panthers like giving up a wide receiver who's under contract. You're sweet. Like the fuck are you guys doing? Who's your rookie quarterback going to throw to? Yeah, you get rid of McCaffrey. You get rid of you. Now you're out of picks. Like, right. what, what are you going to do? This is actually the year to have Mike White be your starting quarterback and just tank the season and build again. But from a QB standpoint, or go think, Jimmy Garoppolo, whatever. Well, I think both deals were so good that it was pretty easy for the Dolphins and the Bears to say yes to. Are you sure? Like, like when they hung up, they looked like, I think we're really getting 
two extra ones, or I, I think they're going to give us a one, a two, and DJ Moore. It's like, yeah, I think we should tell them yes before they rethink this. <laughs> yeah, they got um, an owner involved, you know? And again, the pressure goes right on. Frank Reich is just right in the heart of it. All the heat's going to be on him to identify the right guy and to coach the right guy. And of course they might hit, they might, but I, I give them a little more credit because they're doing it for the number one pick. Yeah. I don't but love none of these guys DJ Moore in the deal. Who, who else was I trading know. for it? Which, you know, and that's the bears, the flip side of it. The bears looked at it. Like we can either take a shot at a quarterback or we can help the quarterback we have. Why don't we do that and see what we got? Pretty good little spot for Ryan Poles. Didn't draft this quarterback. Yeah, it's a good little spot for Ryan Poles, I'd say. Yeah. Well, because they got ammo next year that they could go up and get one of the sweet guys, too, if this fails. Uh, Let's see. Anything else happened since we started? Uh... Bears signed Tremaine Edmonds. The, the one thing in free agency is you just got $50 million guaranteed. You, you got to spend so much money. And this is where the importance of building a team and drafting well and being able to extend your own guys relatively early, especially at, you know, certain positions, right? Tight end, uh, wide receiver, uh, like if Debo Samuel hits the open market and being able to extend him for $60 million, he gets an extra $25 million, right? So th- the ability to control your destiny by drafting well is really important. And I think for the most part, and this is why the two teams in the NFC represented, you know, they the Niners and Eagles have drafted relatively well the last several years. They have a lot of core guys because you can't, you can't make a living of doing this. Because it puts too much pressure. Like you take Tremaine Edwards paying fifty million dollars. If he's not like a Pro Bowl level guy, it's like that's hard. You know, like Har- yeah. like say this about Hargrave. I-, I would say minimum eight sacks. Like there's pressure on him. Yeah, but th- but there is pressure on him to play at a high level, right? There he can't is, have but like you see him do it in a in a pressure. He already got paid once and delivered for sure. I, his history would say makes you feel good about it. This is a new year. Like he's yeah, he's got to keep yeah. kicking ass and taking names. But I think, you know, you've always talked for years when we've talked for agency, it was one of the first, you know, takes I think you probably had when we started doing radio after you were in the NFL, which was you NFL free agency is not plug and play. There are so many factors that change for players. And I think it goes back to the original point that you made about Hargrave, which is you are plugging him into a very similar situation. And he is similar to the guys that you have around him, right? You're not going, well, how does he produce without one of the league's best pass rushers next to him? Because he just played with one of the league's best pass rushers. And now he's signed to play with next to one of the league's best pass rushers, you know? So it'd be one thing if somebody else signed him that didn't have one of the league's best pass rushers, you go, well, is he really an 11 sack player? If he's not playing next to Hassan Reddick or Nick Bosa, but the answer is, I don't know, not our problem. We have Nick Bosa. So it doesn't matter. So they spent a lot of money on a guy who checks a lot of boxes. This goes, the scouting report you gave on him earlier, I think was really telling because 
it it helps you understand why the Niners were so comfortable giving a guy $40 million guaranteed. Why well, I just think there are certain players, like the elite of the elite, you could probably play most places and they're going to have success. Right? Like Devontae Adams could have gone to the Raiders. He could have gone to the Texans. He could have gone to the Giants. He could have gone to the Eagles. He's kicking everyone's ass. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's so unique because you can you can hand him the ball. You can flip him the ball. You can give him quick screens. You, you can throw bombs. You can do so much. Day? It wasn't – who was he racing? Well, it's the Masters, so it's like older guys, I think. Oh, so it was like XDR. I expected him to obviously. You knew he was going to win, but that, those weren't Olympians, right? No, it's the, it's the Masters. So I think it's like it's probably people over thirty or something. I don't know. Yeah, there's there are certain players, you know, the high Trent Williams, and then the next tier guys are a little more scheme specific. To me, Hargrave is a good example of like he's scheme specific. He would not work in the defense. Chip Kelly ran like three four, hold the point, two gap. Right, he's an up the field pass rusher. McGlinchey, like, you better be pretty run heavy. Like to me, McGlinchey ain't working for Andy Reid, who wants to throw it fifty times a game. That would put Mahomes under some pressure, or the Bills, who want to throw it a lot, rightfully so. I would be very hesitant if, like, well, our pass to run ratio is going to skew high. Why? Because our best players are quarterback. I'd be like, I, I would try to find a better athlete than Mike McGlinchey. Right. So this is where f- football, that second tier guy in football, when they hit free agency is expensive. Like Christian Kirk. Remember, everyone's like, Jesus, the Jacks, well, he's got a quarterback who's actually kind of functional and he had a really good season. Had a good year. Yeah. You know, so it got made fun of a lot last year. Big time. And I think he ended Kenny the got, season. And, with like, and then the Kenny Galladay one got made fun of and it was terrible. So you, well, what was their issue, right? The quarterback play is not as good with the Giants. Not according to the MMQB, uh, Trent, the big look into the Giants negotiation with his agents, they said they won because of Daniel Jones, according to Daniel Jones's agents. So. <laughs> the Giants, the first offer from the first ask from the agents was $47 million a year for Daniel Jones. I, I think one thing you have to do is when you have these younger quarterbacks under these cheap deals, you got to just quadruple down because when it changes, I think Howie would be like, it's we're playing a different world now. Right. Andy would be like, we only get one shot on a yearly basis and we got to make it count with a guy that's making, you know, we can sign other players, but any contract over whatever, $15 million a year, we're getting maybe one bite of the apple. Yeah. And I think the 49ers still get a lot of wiggle room because that position that now averages like there are going to be so many players in the next year making 35 plus million dollars on the cap to countless guys making 40 right that's that's a huge chunk this isn't a 400 million dollar salary cap that you get extra wiggle room to be able to play and the Niners now have never it, it's really remarkable that they've been able to sustain this with without the quarterback play of of a pro bowl level right guy that you're like we got to max this guy well i think you could argue you know hearing you say that john that 23 and the niners have had three nfc championship runs and one super bowl appearance but that this year given that it's not just your quarterback that's cheap right now nick bose is cheaper than he'll ever be this year brandon Ayuk is cheaper than he'll ever be this year you just paid debo right so he's not cheaper than he'll ever be but we'll see what the next few years look like. 
But given that Bosa and Ayuk are cheaper than they will be again, um, you know, this is a this might be the year. This might be their the year for them. The year that the and we'll see what happens with the Eagles. Like once Jalen Hurts gets paid, are they back in the Super Bowl again? Well, they are if he's good enough to carry them there, right? And he partly did that this year. He was an MVP candidate, but their whole team around him, their team, we just their team is not going to look like it looked last year again. Well, Darius Slay, they told him you got to find a trade partner unless you want to take a massive pay cut. And he's probably not going to be the only corner they lose, right? No, the other guys are free agents. Bradbury. (laughs) Did you say the this might be the Forty Niners year to really take it? Yeah. Where, Where I would push back is they actually, if Purdy is the quarterback, they would have several. They would have another year after this because he wouldn't make any money. They, they will have another year, but in that year, Nick Bosa and Brandon Ayuk are going to cost more money. So it may affect you somewhere else on the roster. Oh, I see what I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not saying it's their only year. I'm just saying it might be their best talent that they have for the next three or four years. This might the, it might be the, this group. The one thing with Bosa is because you're going to give him a long contract extension, you can kind of manipulate it all, right? Ayuk. Yes. Did you yeah. see the interweb? I don't know how true this is, which I understand when you just start looking at money on the team, would he be expendable? And there were some rumors that teams had called sniffing around. Obviously, they, they wouldn't do it. I got news for everybody. Kyle loves him. If a wide receiver is going to go over the next 12 months, it's going to be the other guy. Now, I, I'm not saying that I would trade Debo, but it ain't going to be Brandon Ayuk. Because Brandon Ayuk, what his game is, is like a 15-year player. You know, and God love Debo, and I I appreciate, and uh, football, like when I watch NFL football, it's the physical, it's like what Debo brings to the table, but that is not a 15-year player. It's not even a 10-year player. Like it might, you talk about a guy in the year, it's like well, two years ago, this year, like it might be like a three-year kind of peak, which has been awesome. But under no circumstances, like, if anything, I see Brandon Ayuk being one of the guys who's on the team for like a, a Kittle, Fred Warner-like run when it comes to the head coach and what he values on this guy. Yeah, his maybe focus, not as high highs, but maybe not as low lows. Well, the other thing, too, is when you look at his money, now so I, maybe quarterbacks are different because Daniel Jones comps, his stats aren't crazy good. So the way you get stupid money is when you get really crazy stats, right? Like ultimately, Debo had just a season where it's like, I carried you to the playoffs, scored like 11 touchdowns, ran for a G. Like, what, what are you talking about? Ayuk doesn't have like back-to-back 90-catch seasons. So if you were offering him an extension right now, it would actually, you know, you might be able to get him cheaper. And if you're him, maybe you're like, well, play out another year. But I, I think Brandon Ayuk is not only going nowhere, I think he's going to be a part of this team as long as he's healthy for the duration of like Kyle Shanahan, like – until he can't play anymore. The beauty might be for Kyle is he's not a 90-catch guy for several years because there's so many guys right now to give the ball to. The beauty for Parag and John Lynch, right? I mean, he might his production, I think, is below his ability, in part because of the team he's on. If you took him and put him on another a worse team, he might have 92 catches. Well, if you, what, what would he do if you put him with Mahomes or Joe Burrow? I mean, he'd have an enormous season. That's right. And, yeah, or, or you put him on a good team with a great quarterback. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying you could you might be able to put him on an average team without another offensive weapon, and he might have 95 catches on a shitty team. 
Maybe more, maybe a hundred. If he's the only guy to throw the football to, you're saying if you like put him on the Giants, yeah, and it's just like a bad, a good, uh, uh, you know, a ball hog on a bad team in basketball who just yeah. scores 28 points a game because well, who else is going to shoot? You know, Ayuk's numbers get suppressed because of how talented his team is, but it's not that he can't actually. It's not that he can't have a 95 catch season for 100. percent Well, they're not a pass first team, and they they're you know. They throw the ball to the tight end a lot when Purdy started playing, and they're going to run the ball with McCaffrey, whoever else is healthy, and just find ways to get Debo the ball behind the line of scrimmage, which is yeah. a high percentage play because he's to hand them and throw on the screen. That's the other thing with Hargrave. If you're saying, all right, he's a better pass rusher than he is a run defender, fine. The Niners faced the ninth most pass attempts in the NFL last year. Great. <laughs> like that's who they, that's what they play. They run the ball on offense and they play the pass on defense, actually. Well, here, here's what else they do against the run. They have two linebackers and Hufunga that make tackles. Right. right? They so need they, to actually they, help their sec, their safeties out in the pass. You know, Hufunga in the run game kind of operates like an extra linebacker, doesn't he? One, he's yes. up, you know, he's closer to the line of scrimmage than he is back in the back. Uh, you know, with, with Gibson, RIP, have a good run, hell of a run, Jimmy Ward. Mm. Um, but... You know, so they got three linebackers because Al Shire's gone. He's, you know, he's going to go somewhere else, which is, and that's part of the business, right? Like this is, yeah. I, I think what makes football so unique to the other sports is just the natural turnover of just good players just constantly going other places. You know, like Hargrave is a high level player. He's going to play on three teams in a three year span, but it's not because like, ah, pain in the ass. You know, it's just, it's just the nature of the business. You just end up playing at different places, right? Like Jalen Ramsey, boom. You know, Rams, Dolph, you just move around. 28 years old. You just end up playing. Hopkins, the Cardinals surely probably trade him. You know, it's just boom. Good players are just constantly moving around, and it has nothing to do typically. It's like, well, we got a new coach, and we're doing this, scheme change, and cap. We're going to try to balance this out. It's just the natural progression of dudes. And now the added element of high-end players getting traded nonstop, I think the NFL is running circles around everybody else. Of just, It just doesn't happen. Like in baseball, you just have the guy under a cheap contract for six years. You don't let him go. And in basketball, once I get well, a sweet guy, I just keep maxing him out. Sorry, I was going to say baseball, you send him to an eight-year deal before anyone's heard of him. For sure. Well, especially if you're the Braves or Seattle. I think the Diamondbacks just did that with somebody. Like eight-year, $100 million contract. I was flipping channels last night and ended up on Fox Sports 1, and it was America, Mexico. We got our yeah. ass kicked. I didn't see any of that game. I saw the Great Britain game the day before. Who was on the mound for Team USA? When I flipped it on, it was 7-1 in the 6, and this guy named like Loop, and they were telling yeah. the story. He's an Angels reliever Yeah. who I didn't realize this, but the day before, he's like got uh, – who's their manager? Like Scott Service or no. whoever the Angels Rosa. manager is. Oh, sorry. DeRosa is the MLB USA manager. Yeah, whoever the manager of the Angels is, former player, calls this guy and he sees that it's the manager. Again, it's a former guy from like the 90s and the 2000s. He looks, he goes, am I getting traded? Because he's like, why would this guy call me? And he calls him. He's like, hey, USA needs an arm. Would you be down? Because they 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 love going to the guys here that are playing in Arizona. Yeah. He's like hell yeah. He's like he's like here's the I'll email you the directions. He just shows up and he's pitching yesterday. Because I saw a buddy 
at the golf course, Orlando, pitcher for UC Davis, played a little bit in the minors, listener to the podcast. He's buddies with Logan Webb, and I thought Logan was playing for Team USA because we were talking the other day. I was like, God, isn't Team USA Logan Webb? Is he their ace? He's like, no, he backed out. And all these guys, like if you think about some of the better American pitchers, like DeGrom ain't going to do it, Verlander Scherzer ain't going to do it. And once Logan Webb guys back out, because he's like, our pitching staff sucks. But you see it's like Arenado, Trout, our lineup's pretty uh, – Pete Alonzo. Like, I yeah, think we're pretty Trey Turner. <laughs> yeah. I think our pitching is is like the Angels. We, we got no pitching. Did, but it makes uh, sense because all of our high-end pitchers are all over 30, the Americans, and they're never going to do this event, right? No, it's not worth it. They're not up to speed yet. They're not in mid-season form. They're going to hurt themselves. Is this spread out throughout the world? Like, is yeah. Otani playing in Japan right now, and we're playing yeah. here in, in Chase Field? Yeah. I'm trying to see if uh, Shlomo Lippitz pitched for uh, Team Israel yesterday. <laughs> He's 44 years old. He's thrown 22 innings of professional baseball in his entire life. And uh, I think he throws like a 77-mile-an-hour fastball. Where's their group? Russia? Uh, I don't know. They, they played... Uh, Nicaragua yesterday somewhere. I didn't I didn't see that game. Let's see, did Lippitz Lippitz didn't pitch? No, Shlomo didn't pitch. World baseball classic in theory makes a lot of sense. In reality, Jack Peterson think, on Team Israel. I, I think it's a tough, tough haul around. Really this time hard. Because the pitching. The pitching is what makes it really complicated, you know? I just mean like you know, March Madness, free agency. It gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. I think the there's a time where it would hours. it would kind of work. It would work during baseball season. Yeah, like June. Just I'd shave, watch. you know, like hockey in the Olympics. They just stop for a while. I feel like March Madness. You might need to move that away from NFL free agency week. It's going to be hard. Gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. Yeah, first four start tomorrow. You agree that it feels like today, historically, and throughout our life, March Madness week, March Madness week. It's like, what do you get? Aaron Rodgers is like going to get talked about. It's going to be hard to just get some get the real estate that they used to have. Yeah. It's time to learn where true TV, identify where true TV is again, the annual true TV search. Oh yeah. Good point. <laughs> That's where the first four games are. They give you Tuesday and Wednesday to figure that out. Bobby Hurley made the final four, right? Or the last yep. four. But for, uh, yeah. Last four, first, four, first four, last four in is first you play in the first four. So they're playing Nevada, which actually a good sneaky, good game. Um, Anything else right now? We'll see if other stuff happens, but. I guess Kawakami, if you're listening to this or watching this after the fact, Kawakami said the Niners could be ready to make another big move today. Feels more like a trade than a – because there aren't players. You know, like any good players already signed. Well, I guess nobody is technically signed, right? Yeah, but these deals are pretty much handshake, week, week. Right. It's pretty rare for like – McGlinchey's actually on the Bears now. Like, that has not been happening the last couple of years. So my point is, like, a splash. Like, there aren't even splashy names. Hargrave, you could argue, is the best free agent of the group. And he was gone, I mean, in the blink of an eye. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who they would get. Feels like a trade. Who would they trade? Well, I mean, tra- no, like, trade pick for somebody. Trade a pick. Like two thousand fives? No, like twenty-four first for are they gonna pre-trade the McGlinchey comp pick? 
Are the Niners going to get like a fourth for McGlinchey? Because he's going to be end up being one of the top paid guys of this free yeah, agency. Yeah, but it balances out who you you know. Like if they had signed nobody, oh, they would have got a third. Group. But they just paid forty, so it's it kind of balances out. That's a good point. They got the market corner, you know, with the with the coaches and the execs that they don't need to worry about that as, as much, do they? Because they got ones coming next year, correct? Like they're, they're still all- owed two threes next comps. year. Comps, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you can only get so many coach comps. You only get three coach comps in one season. Well, because I saw when the comps were announced last week, everyone's like, oh, my God, the 49ers. And, well, we'd already known about the threes, right? So it wasn't actually. We'd known about all of them. In fact, the projections from like two weeks prior were almost exact. They missed by a pick. The Niners ended up one spot higher than the projections. But, but let's be real. Like sixth and seventh round comps aren't as cool as like the threes, especially when you don't have a first or second round pick. Like what would the 49ers draft be if they didn't have these guys getting jobs that they wouldn't have first, second, third, they wouldn't be picking till fucking the, the, you know, Daniel Jeremiah starts throwing to the zoo animals, you know, (laughs) that's (laughs) if you don't have a pick Thursday or Friday, I can't really take your draft seriously. You know, the threes add some, urgency because they could always trade up into the second round. Like Friday matters for the 49ers. Yeah. If, if you, the Rams have had days where they don't even show up till <laughs> Saturday. They don't even have a press conference. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, when something else happens, we'll be here. Ridgeway to the, uh, where do you go? Texans get Niners re-sign Kevin Givens. Gibson was a good last minute signing last year. Resigns. Got a raise. Got a raise. What do you get? Two million? Three million? Two point nine, I think. Yeah. Good. I mean, we, we started we, seventeen games for them. That's a hell of a deal. Yeah, I mean, went from league minimum to uh, tripling your salary, which feels like you know it's like, well, can we make that five? I know. I thought the <laughs> same thing. But then the, the the team is like, hey, we are tripling your salary. So isn't that sound? Yeah. Like, yeah, it sounds great in theory, but. Well, that sounded great to Mostert, and then like a year later, his agent was having a hissy fit, remember? <laughs> it's true. But Mostert never – did Mostert ever start 17 games? No, Mostert was like – if he has a month straight of being on the field, it's a major win. End of an era, John. McGlinchey and Garoppolo, gone. I guess the Jimmy G will factor into comps too. So you got 35 guaranteed. You got McGlinchey's 50. The, 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 the pendulum right now is Niners losing more than they're taking in. Losing in a good way, yeah. Because Jimmy counts, right? <laughs> Jimmy counts. Yeah, Jimmy counts. Not big quarterback money, but... Good enough. I mean, Jimmy signed for less than Hargrave, guaranteed. But but Jimmy got more than, like, uh, Charvarius got last year. It's yeah. still, it's shitty quarterback money, but relative to most free agents. Like, how many free agents in this class are getting $35 million? How about guaranteed? Jimmy, man? You said it earlier, but it's cockroach just, man, he won't die. Just an unbelievable <laughs> thirty-four. Like, oh, uh, oh, uh, Jimmy only got thirty-four million dollars guaranteed. Only. I bet Jimmy tells you when he's just a fantastic-looking forty-nine-year-old and just struggling to get out of bed. Like, listen, man, my shoulder doesn't work. I got knee tendonitis. Jimmy might be in some pain when he's older. He doesn't feel like a painful guy though, like the way he just moves and walks. But doesn't feel painful. He's got he's, a lot of injuries. Shoulders, knees, thumbs, foot. What did he just chatter his foot? foot? Yep. And that's one that who knows if it bounces, if it comes back, you know? 
but stay locked in. All right, y'all. Stay vigilant. Stay vigilant. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.